0: Hello, and welcome to the Soul Amplified Podcast. I'm Vanessa Grace, your host. I I keep doing the trumpet noises lately, and I think it's hilarious because I used to never do that. But I guess sometimes I feel like I really am an appearance. (sighs) Well, today, my dears, we are going to talk about ovulation. Now, contrary to what we most of us assume... Yes, contrary to what most of us assume, ovulation is actually the really big deal in our period. It is not our period. I said that weird. Ovulation is the main event in our menstrual cycle, not our period. Even though the period takes so much of our attention, the ovulation is the main event because it is the release of the egg. And oh, if you're just joining me randomly today, this is a four-part series on the women's menstrual cycle, and last week we talked about the follicular phase, which is the first phase in the cycle of the egg. Now, I'm going to tell you this again in case you didn't hear me last time. That kind of sounded like you weren't listening, but what I meant was in case you didn't remember it or in case you weren't here, um, I want to tell you again that in the medical community, um, they consider the period to be the first phase of the cycle and that the day, day one that you bleed is the first day of the cycle, but that's not what is actually happening biologically speaking in terms of following the egg. The period is actually the end of the cycle for the egg, not the beginning. And so I'm going to read to you again the same passage from In the Flow. It is a book by Elisa Vitti, and I have learned a lot from her. And I, I, I just keep saying this because I want you to have it sink into your brain. So here is her quote from page 66 of the book I just said. Your bleed as day one is a medical reference that emerged from a time when only men were allowed to practice medicine. It's not the beginning for anyone who bleeds and lives the experience. Your bleed is the culmination of your hormonal cycle, not the beginning the only reason the start of the bleed has been referenced as day one of your cycle is that it was assumed that the bleeding phase is the only one you would notice or track and thereby make it easier for doctors to reference. And I feel like this misinformation that we should consider Our period and the first day of our period, the beginning of the cycle, is part of what has perpetuated our lack of understanding of our cycle and making the period the most notable thing, because that's what the male doctors thought it was, again, detracts us from what is actually the most significant part of the phase, ovulation. So here we are again talking about the ovulation, what today is about. So the big deal that is happening is that the egg is released and comes down the fallopian tube and you are also creating cervical mucus and your cervix is at the top of your vagina and it's in between your vagina and your uterus and it creates cervical mucus that travels down and out of your vagina and it can look like a sticky paste that, you, um, that looks like little blobby things, but it can also look like uncooked egg whites and can be very, very sticky. And if you happen to see this in your underwear or see it on your tissue paper when you're wiping yourself, just know that it's totally normal. Nothing weird is happening to you. You're not experiencing an STD. And it's just fine. In fact, you have to have cervical mucus for yourself to get pregnant. So you could be ovulating, but if you're not creating cervical mucus, then the sperm can't make it to the egg. So that's just like a little thing that I think a lot of people don't know, but it's kind of important. So the other thing that's really important is that if you want to get pregnant, this is the time that you should be having sex during ovulation. And if you do not want to be getting pregnant, then you definitely need to be using some form of contraceptive right now, or birth control, or you need to be avoiding having sex. And this is the great thing about knowing when you're ovulating. You have more control over your reproductive health. Um, There are lots of other things that I want to say about why ovulation is so freaking amazing. Um, One of which is that you continue to be in your masculine phase where you're more linear and you go out and you get things done. The theme and the energy level for ovulation is go mode. So last time in the follicular follicular phase, I always have a hard time saying that word. (laughs) And I had to say it so much last week. But so the masculine energy continues in the ovulation phase. And again, this is the pinnacle of the energy cycle that you have in your menstrual cycle. And so this is when you feel awesome. This is when you feel like you can just work and work and work and work and work. This is when you feel like your energy is on the go, your have you have heightened communication, you are more social, you want to be in community, you're like more magnetizing, and it's actually a time when you're more likely to manifest things that you've been working on, and you implement and follow through on the ideas that you planned in the last phase, the follicular phase. So because our culture, the Western culture, the United States culture, however you want to phrase it, is so focused on go and do, women feel most confident in themselves in the ovulation phase because it aligns with what society expects of us. And so we wonder why we can't stay here in this place all the time. And then we beat ourselves up at other parts in the cycle When we go slower, and we're going to come to that next week and the week after, we'll talk about those two phases, which are the luteal phase and the menstruation phase or your period. But we beat ourselves up like, I'm so mad that I'm not in my masculine all the time. Um, But then we're, you know, celebrating when we're ovulating, but we don't know we're ovulating because unless you're specifically trying to get pregnant, most people don't pay attention to when their ovulation is. Although, wouldn't it be great to know when you're ovulating so that you could know when you are a better communicator? And it's not just mysticism that says you're a better communicator. There's a lot of um, research on hormones that show we are actually better communicators biologically, scientifically speaking, and I don't know enough to be able to convey that to you in a reasonable way, but I, I have books that I'll put in the show notes that indicate what books to read to understand the scientific aspects of it more, because it's really quite cool. But knowing when you're ovulating helps you be able to say yes to more social events at that time. Or maybe you want to have a difficult conversation with somebody at work. And so why not have it when you're feeling radiant and like magnetism is happening to you and when you're a better communicator? And why don't you plan big events that are happening in your life for when you're ovulating? So here's the other thing you're just more horny when you're ovulating and you're going to be more attractive to mates. And it's just like an underlying thing that happens. And so maybe you want to go on more dates when you're ovulating. Or maybe you just need to know, oh, I'm going to be ovulating so I'm going to feel more lustful. And so I need to be conscious of if I actually want to be connecting with someone sexually right now or not. Or maybe make sure... The kids are away for the weekend so that you can be with your spouse or your partner in a more romantic, deeply attuned way. Um, Maybe not away for the weekend. Like you could make arrangements if you want to make sure that you have special time together to get busy. But there's all of these beautiful things that are happening around ovulation. But most of us don't even know when we are actually ovulating. So there are ways to tell when you are ovulating. It involves something called your basal body temperature. Now, no, I'm going to be going into more detail about all of this at the retreat that I'm having. The woman's Secret Guidebook to Life, Her Menstrual Cycle. That's going to be October 22nd in person here in Vancouver, Washington all of the details to sign up are in the show notes and then you can read more about it there as well and this is one of the things that i'm going to be talking more about at that retreat more specifically is how to tell when you are ovulating and one of the ways to do that is to take your temperature every morning when you wake up and then they have a chart called a BBT chart or a basal body temperature chart and then you chart what your temperature is in the morning because when estrogen is the dominant um, hormone, your temperature is a little bit lower than when progesterone is the dominant hormone. And then your temperature raises a little bit. And you can tell when you've ovulated because of that. But then you also use your presence or absence of cervical mucus to determine when you ovulate. And then also you can check Um, vaginally to see if your cervix is lower because the cervix actually descends a little bit when you're ovulating. And then, um, so those are three signs that you can use to check when you're ovulating and then you'll know. Now don't use this 30 seconds of stuff that I just said to base your fertility on, there are entire classes taught on this information. So don't try and get pregnant or avoid pregnancy based on what I just said. But knowing that this information exists or beginning to pay attention to your cervical mucus can be a beginning of an awareness of when you're ovulating and when you want to be more social to plan your life a little bit better and to give yourself a break when you don't have as much energy when you're not ovulating. So it's just a way to balance your life more. And again, we're going to go into all of that about how to find out when you're ovulating, since I consider it the main event of your menstrual cycle at the retreat that I'm hosting. So more about hormones. So the hormones, um, the dominant hormone in ovulation is progesterone. So, when your progesterone comes out strong, it increases your metabolism and your temperature and that's why there's a temperature shift. And when your metabolism increases, you want to eat more food because you burn through the energy faster. And so there's this tendency to kind of beat yourself up that oh, I'm I'm irritated with myself because I'm eating more food. Um, but you're actually eating more food because your metabolism is burning a little bit faster and it's just incredibly normal. And just knowing that your metabolism has gone up at a certain point in your cycle and that's just part of being a woman is kind of a relief and so that you don't have to beat yourself up about eating more at certain times. It's just a normal part of things. So the other thing to know There's actually several things to know. Okay, one, do you remember the Rube Goldberg machines um, where the bowling ball falls and it falls on a seesaw and then something is at the other end of the seesaw and it, um, it flies into the air, which pulls a rope, which causes a piano to fall, which uh, trips over like a clapping monkey, which r- moves forward and bumps into dominoes. And all the dominoes fall over, which makes a cup spill and fill up another cup with water. Like, you've seen those kinds of machines called the Rube Goldberg machines, right? So that is what this part of the phase is like. Um, that's... What's happening hormonally is like, this is causing that, is causing that, is causing that. And there's a lot of hormone changes that happen at ovulation really, really quick to make it happen. And sometimes if they don't all happen in order, you can get spotting, which looks like a period because blood's coming out, but it's just a little bit of blood. And if it doesn't all happen in exact synchronized ways... Um, that bleeding can happen a little bit and then it stops and then you have a regular period a couple weeks later. And this is when people can get confused and think, gosh, I'm having two periods a month. But really you're having a period and then you're having spotting at ovulation. So here's what's happening. So in the last phase, the follicular phase, estrogen is the dominant hormone. And so estrogen actually starts ovulation by estrogen raising and then it hits a high enough level to cause an LH surge. Now LH is the name of a hormone that we have not heard yet, but the LH surge happens. So that's, you know, like the first move. Well, I guess the estrogen rising is the first move in this Rube Goldberg analogy that I'm using. And then that causes the LH to go up, to surge up. And then the LH surge, when it reaches the right point, that releases the egg um, from your ovary. And sometimes when you're tuned into your body, women can actually feel the egg pop out. And because you have a right ovary and a left ovary, you can feel which side it pops out on. And so pay attention to when you ovulate, which is when you have cervical mucus, And, um, you know, it's normally about 14 days after the beginning of your period, but, you know, remember I said the beginning of your period, 14 days after that, but some women ovulate a little bit before that, and some women ovulate a little bit after that, and so just pay attention, uh, to when you normally ovulate, which... You'd probably have to be doing a BBT chart for a few months to figure that out. But anyway, so the LH surge releases the egg and then the egg comes down the fallopian tube like I talked about. And now the egg is available to be um, fertilized by the sperm. And of course that cervical mucus has to be there for the um, sperm to be able to make it to the egg. But after the LH surge happens, then another... Hormone appears, testosterone, and testosterone is like quick in and out. It's like, boom, here I am. And then it's gone again. And then what we have after the egg is released, so after ovulation has occurred, um, there is a something that the egg burst out of the follicular, the, the follicle that it came out of stays behind inside the ovary. And now it's called the corpus luteum. Ooh, what a fancy name. So the corpus luteum hangs out and stays there inside the ovary and it creates progesterone which is what begins the phase of the next cycle. So at the beginning of the ovulation phase, where we're beginning to have cervical mucus, but our temperature has not yet risen, we begin with estrogen, and then we go boom, 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 through like three or four or five different hormones. I don't even remember the amount that I said. And then it ends with progesterone being made, and now progesterone is beginning the next phase and gonna start the next phase of the cycle. So I feel like all of this is really exciting to know about in your own body because you can feel so much more empowered. And then also, I just realized I forgot to tell you the phases of the moon that this is in, the phase of the moon that this is in, and the season. So ovulation is associated with the moon. So think about that big, beautiful, wonderful egg, like, oh, here I am magnetizing sperm to me, which is also how you're a magnet because the egg is just like there singing, waiting for the sperm to come to it, and it just attracts it. And that's why you can manifest things that you've been wanting when you're ovulating because that egg is just like magnetizing I don't know what else to say so and then that big beautiful egg is also like the full moon and so at the full moon there can sometimes big be big feelings and so sometimes there's so much happening with ovulation because you're you've got so much going on with socializing and having this energy and blah 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 that sometimes there can also be really big feelings and that's okay because we don't have to be scared of feelings so Ovulation is associated with the full moon. It is also associated with the season of summer because summer, we just want to go and we just want to play and we want to go experience everything. And I remember my husband and I used to watch the YouTuber Casey Neistat and he would say that. Um, You can sleep in the fall and winter. Summer is for going out and doing everything. And I always thought it was funny. And that's just how some people live life in the summer because you just want to go out and experience everything. Um, And also in terms of not how we experience summer, but how the earth experiences summer is just just a lot of aliveness and life and being busy and and the world and nature and plants and animals are all, you know, doing stuff in the summer. They're engaged with the world. (sighs) And if any of this sounds intriguing to you, well, you know, you can come to the retreat and learn more. My dear, go be amazing. Thanks for tuning in, Soul Sister. Do you want to hear from me more? Sign up for my Transforming Your Codependency text messages straight to your phone every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for inspiration and education. To sign up, text PEACE to 877-338-0875. To spread this message far and wide, screenshot listening to this podcast and share it on social media be sure to tag me i love hearing how you're growing get amplified